thankful also, uh, I, I, I don't remember the one country, but uh, last month we had someone viewing our live stream in China. We had someone viewing our live stream in Pakistan. And we had somebody watching in like uh, uh, Uzak, what, uh, some, some other stand country. I don't remember one of those uh, other uh, European countries. I can't remember now which one it was. But anyway, I just think that's pretty awesome that all over the world people are, are searching and looking and watching. And, you know, there for a while there was a person that was very consistent that was watching uh, in Bangladesh and it's a little bit scary. You can get on those Google map things and we found the exact coffee shop that he was watching the live stream from in, in uh, that country. So uh, interesting, but we just appreciate how God uses something like that. There's so much trash on social media, but there are also some really good things that God uses and we're, we are thankful for, for that and thankful for our live stream family that watches also. And, and uh, it truly is just something to be grateful for. I'm thankful that you guys have the, the same vision about uh, reaching this community for Christ and that uh, we are continuing to seek God's will and direction in the uh, building the uh, sanctuary with all of the classrooms and um, looking forward to getting more direction on that, but you guys in that understanding that uh, with that, it, it takes your giving to do so, and, and I'm just grateful for how you guys support this ministry and uh, are very generous in, in your giving. Uh, it just tells me if you're, if you're giving with your finances, I'm sure it, it also shows that you're giving in your time and your talents, and uh, God bless you for that. Um, I, I'm cautious, but I'm going to tell you anyway, but in, in just the last three Sundays, obviously not counting today, in the last three Sundays, we have had given over 110000 uh, in off, just offerings. And it, it, it's going to take several million to, to build the, the uh, sanctuary and the classrooms, and so but uh, it's just you and, and God laying on your heart and you being obedient to what God shows you that you ought to be giving. And uh, through that, God is going to multiply that and meet the need that we have. And when that day comes, we'll start on that building. And I'm just so thankful for all of you having that vision to reach this community for Christ. And uh, that is what it's about. It, it has absolutely nothing to do with us has nothing to do with uh, wanting the community to, you know, look at us. This isn't at all what it is about. It's all about Christ, and it's all about giving him the honor and the glory and worshiping him because he's the one that deserves it all. And reminded of that even in our testimonies today, and so thankful uh, for each one uh, giving their testimony, and, and uh, truly we have... Uh, so much to be thankful for, and I, I was going to do a, a Thanksgiving message, and then I changed, and we're going to be back in Second Peter. I, I just want to try to stay on track here and get through the book of Second Peter, and and uh, we will uh, 
be thankful and give some thought uh, on Tuesday night for um, the, the wonderful country we live in, even though we, we know there are things going on that we don't agree with. I'm just thankful that God is in control, and we can trust him, and, and nothing ever changes, no matter how, how crazy things may get in this world. Nothing changes for us as believers. We still have our marching orders and what we're to be doing, and so guys, just stay focused on that, and it'll be okay. And, and we need to understand that there are, there are those, and, and the, the devil is the one that is behind so much of this, is that will try to distract us and, and cause all kinds of issues. And, and that's why we're in Second Peter. Second Peter, uh, Peter is writing to the believers that are scattered throughout Asia. He's not writing to one specific church. He's writing to many different churches that are, are in that area. And he is encouraging the believers to uh, beware that there are those who are false teachers that are going to be bringing in heresies and apostasy and and they bring perils that that are are being developed from within and they need to be careful of that and and so he's writing this telling us that we need to guard uh those things and 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 i know i tell you this but i i want you all to to know and understand that what the the good things that god is doing here and what are the good things we we've had several people here in the last few weeks that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Most important decision a person will ever make is trusting Christ as their Savior. And may I, may I invite you today that I, I hope that you can see Jesus today and what we preach and how we've treated you today and, and bring you to that point where you realize that we're all in that sin boat together and we sin and we, and we transgress the laws of God and and he's a holy God, and we all sin and come short of the glory of God. And, and, and we need to understand that's what drove Jesus Christ to that cross, is to uh, be the, the perfect sacrifice for a holy God and how he can deal with the sinful natures that, and the sinful condition of every one of us. And, and he was driven to that cross by love for us and was buried, and he rose again, showing us that his sacrifice was sufficient and that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you've never done that, I pray that today you settle that. And, and God has done that in many people's lives lately and brought them to that point where they realize that it's not the church traditions that are taught and, 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 and it's not the, the, the ritualisms that so many want to uh, say that are necessary, but it's all about your faith in what Jesus Christ has done and he saves you. And, and so we have those that have done so. And, and if you haven't, and, and today would be the day. You, you are in a group of people that love you. You, you know the, the nice thing about this group? None of us are perfect either. <laughs> and and we're, we're really kind of a mess left to ourselves. And, and, and we're all a little bit on the weird side. That's why we get along so good. We're so weird that we don't understand that we're weird. And so, but... We are, and, and we love each other and our weirdnesses, and, and uh, thankful for that. And, but, but we see that God then takes a group of people with such a diverse culture that we've all grown up in, and he gives us that commonality in Jesus Christ and, and starts using each, each one of us to uh, encourage someone else, and we start growing in our faith. And, 
and we start growing closer to God. And as we grow closer to God, we start growing closer to each other. And, and then God makes this family unit, this church unit, into something powerful that God uses to make a difference in this community for all eternity. But can I tell you, Satan don't like that at all. And oh, he's going to try to do everything he can to destroy that. He's, he's going to, I, I don't know, he's going to stir in your heart or, uh, or make you think, well, that guy's really unfriendly or, and, and, I, and I don't want any part of that. Or, or I can't believe that so-and-so is going to church there. Do you know what kind of person he is? And I don't care what person he was. All I care about is what he is today. And, and let's make sure that we're headed in the right direction and and let's take them where they are and help them get where they need to be. And, and we have all of the, the trash that the culture wants to teach and how, how, how we need to be mad at each other because of the color of skin. You know, that's satanic. There is nothing in the scriptures that, that God ever endorses that. And, and so those who want to tell you that Christianity is racist, then they obviously don't know anything about the Bible and obviously don't know anything about true uh, Christianity, and we're just the opposite of that. And, and so we need to guard, and, and, and we need to guard our church family just like it's one of our own family members. And, and, and yes, my own family, people uh, uh, I'm sure could look at my family and criticize some things, but you know what? I never claim to be perfect. But I can tell you that we rely upon the grace of God and His mercy, and, and we're doing everything we can to walk in a way that is honoring and pleasing to God. And you know what? I believe our church family is doing the same thing. And so we are grateful for that, and, and uh, uh, you, you want to trash our church, then, you know, if someone ever did, you know, it's just like trashing family, you know, and we're going to hold up for our church family and, and, and just be careful of, all of the, the, the false negativity that is out there towards you as an individual or you as your family or even your church family. And, and let's just love people the way that we ought to. And, and you do that by loving God the way that you ought to and loving the truth. Just love the truth of what God's Word says. And, and we saw that in chapter 1. If we're going to spot the false teachers that are out there, then... Number one thing, chapter one was all based on this, know the truth. Know the truth of God's word. Know, know what the Bible says and how to apply those things. And, and in that, you find that he gives us powerful promises and, and there's powerful practices that how we ought to be living. There's the powerful prophecy of his word that uh, he's given to us and how we can trust the word of God and trust the motivations of it and and the proper recognition of knowing that, that the Word of God, this Bible, is the very precious words of God. And, and we can live by those. And, and then we get into chapter 2. And, and, it, and, and I have tried to get through this in one or two uh, messages. And God just doesn't allow that to happen. And He wants me to spend, obviously, more time in this than what I was planning to. And I don't want to get bogged down on this, but... But God gives us so much in chapter 2 and in spotting those that are false teachers. And, and in this, we see that all of chapter 2 is the prediction of false teachers. Verses 1 through 3, we already looked at this, but we saw their description of who they are and what to look for. And, and then in verses 4 through 10, where we were last week, we, 
we saw there the God's judgment on false teaching, God's judgment on apostasy, and and He gave us four. He gave us those examples of uh, of judgment that, and He said, and if He judged those, then the the examples that He gave, then these false teachers will be judged also. And now in verses eleven through twenty-two, and we're not going to get through this today either. We're just going to go. And I'm going to stop at 1216. <laughs> see, see, the thing you guys always got to know is that you tease the pastor, this is a bully pulpit. And so we will bully you back, all right? No, I'm teasing. But anyway, we, we see in verses 11 through 22, we see the emptiness of false teaching. Now, you, you think about think about in our world today, and we think about the false teachers and the emptiness of what we're going to see here, but our world, our world is full of emptiness today. You know, I had a gentleman, you know, talking to me before, and, and you, you read the news today, and, and you look at the news, and you look at what's going on in culture, you, you look at the fight with, with what's going on in, in God's chosen nation of Israel, and you see the Hamas, the, the, the terrorists who are hiding behind women and children, and and spewing hatred, and can I tell you that, that if you're ever in a church, or, or if you're ever listening to someone in, in society, and all they're doing is spewing hate, that really isn't someone you want to follow, they're really not being biblical, and we need to understand, we need to stand against the evil, and we need to say what's right, and, and we need to say what's wrong, and and we need to call out the wicked works of the devil. And, and we need to stand against that which, which in this culture is anti-biblical and anti-God. And yes, we need to stand against those things. But we can stand against those things in love. And we stand against those, in, first of all, in love for our God. Secondly, in love for the Word of God to stand for the truth of it. And thirdly, because we love those that are adamantly against it because... They're headed for a devil's hell, and we don't want that. And so we need to stand, but we need to understand that God gives us here a very vivid description of, of these false teachers and shows us the emptiness of, of what they're teaching. I am so grateful that God's Word is so full of truths and, and, and truly so full of, of uh just the good things that, that he wants us to have and, and, and truly of, of the peace that, that he wants us to have and it's not uh, emptiness whatsoever. And so verses 11 and 12 then, we see here in, in this description of them and the, the emptiness of these false teachers, we see that they have an unhealthy mindset. It tells us, first of all, to bring into context here Verse 10, it, it, he's describing them, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. And so they're, they're, they're living in, in this uncontrollable, uh, defiling desires that they have. And so they're going after all kinds of, uh, of atrocities and, and craziness and despise government. And that word government here has the idea of lordship or uh, authority, and, and it seems to be more of a spiritual aspect of, of not wanting God having any kind of a lordship over them whatsoever. 
and no, no bonds that they think that God puts upon them. Presumptuous are they. They, they are self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. And, and that word dignities, it, it seems to, when you look up the word itself, it means splendor and majesty and brightness and radiance. And, and so it seems to be talking about that which is heavenly. And, and I would say first and foremost that they speak evil of God himself. I think they also speak evil not only of God himself, but also of anything that is heavenly. And and it seems to be including even the angels that God uh, has created. And, and the reason being is because in verse 11 then, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, so they are greater than we are and, and more powerful than we are. And, and if you don't think so, just stay with us and come back tonight at 5 o'clock and we'll be in Revelation chapter 9 and and chapter 8 you see the power of the angels that God uses to uh, administer judgments on this world. And so they are greater in power and might than we are. Bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. Even though these false teachers are blaspheming God and they're blaspheming the heavenlies and speaking evil of all of those that are there that tells us that the angels, they, they are not bringing any kind of a railing accusation back at them. And, and that means the blasphemous or slanderous or speaking evil of them or against them. And, and then, it, and, and, uh, uh, you, you know, it kind of reminds me that if that's a heavenly reaction to those who are speaking evil against God himself and, and, and against themselves, then maybe we ought to learn to be able to have just a little bit tougher hide when, when people speak evil of us. You know, people are getting hurt so easily anymore, and everybody gets offended over everything, and uh, I, you, you know what? Give me a break, okay? I, I, I mean, we, we are always going to that if, if you're going to be dealing with anyone, you are, you're going to be offended by someone at some point in time. How many here are married? <laughs> oh, we understand, right? Some of you are probably going to get offended because I'm hot and I'm taking my coat off. Oh, I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah, and some probably got offended when I went over there and turned the fan on because all of a sudden you thought it's going to drop to 54 degrees in here and start snowing. And so... I mean, we can get offended over everything. We can get offended because someone drives a nicer car than us. We, we get offended by, because somebody lives in a fancier home than we do. Or, or we can get offended over someone that has nicer shoes. I don't know. Somebody gets offended because uh, I have hair and you don't. No, I don't know. People can get a... Man, all the bald heads just went red. Oh, you know, we just, sometimes I think we just have to move on. And, and you know, if God took out everyone that was blasphemous towards him, probably none of us would be alive today. I, I think of the things that I've done in my life and not, a, not uh, proud of those things whatsoever. And, but I am so thankful for God's goodness and God's mercy and God being willing to put up with some of those shenanigans and, and still forgive me and still love me today.
And so then, but it goes on describing these people. And so the angels aren't bringing railing accusation against them, even though they are doing that to them. And, but these, these false teachers, as natural brute beasts, and so that's just animals, okay? They're just acting animalistic, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. They're just animalistic in their behavior. Think about it in our world today. You, you, you think, well, how in the world, or what is he, what is he talking about in this instance? And, and Well, it doesn't take much to look out there today and, and look at the animalistic behavior of people. I mean, I, anybody, you know, I told you, there's a lot of good things on, <clears throat> there's some good things on, on social media, and then there's some things I'm like, why am I wasting my time? You've seen these people that are riding stick horses, and they're acting like they're horses, and they're doing jumps, you know, like Jim Connor, and they are acting like they're the horse. And then I saw one where they all dress up like sheep, and they're walking around, and they're acting like sheep. Anybody here ever raise sheep? I mean, there's a reason God compares us to sheep, and none of it is good. I, I don't know if you've ever raised a sheep, but they're about the dumbest animal on the planet. The only thing dumber than a sheep is a turkey, and that's, ba- and that's bad, okay? But I, I think of this, and, 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 and we are supposed to respect them because that's their reality. I'm sorry, your reality is, is based on taking hallucinogen mushrooms that have now been made legal, and, and you've been chewing on your cud too long. It's not a reality. And, and, but here we see that these false teachers, they are, they are so animalistic in their ideas and, and their passions and their, and their drive for what it is that they want. He starts describing them that, that they are, they're just like a natural brute beast and the only reason they're out there is for people to eat them and they're to be destroyed. And, and so... And they live that way, and, and they live like that motto that, that Paul said, for those who want to reject the, the, the resurrection, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. And so here they, and so it says, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And so be careful of someone that wants to be some kind of a religious teacher, but denies the, the, the fact of Jesus Christ, and denies the fact of his virgin birth, that denies the fact that he died on the cross for your sins, that would deny the fact that he rose again on that third day to show us that he's God, that, that rejects that plan and, and the perfect glorious gospel of Christ. Be careful of that. Be careful of the one that speaks evil of God and, and speaks evil of the spiritual side of things. And be careful of those because they are just like a brute beast and, and they shall utterly perish in their own corruption. But then we see that that not only then do we have the 
the, this, uh, in the emptiness of their false teaching, we have the unhealthy mindset, but we also have an unstable path that they're on. And it tells us here, he says, and, and it says that, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. Look, the thing that we need to understand that ought to help us and ought to give us something to be very thankful for is that when you do business with, do business with God by receiving the precious gift that Jesus Christ has offered through his death, burial, and resurrection, that you have found forgiveness of sins. Isn't that good? I mean, to think that our sins are forgiven. And, and, and so, when, so when we come to that point in our life and we find that forgiveness by coming to him, humbly to him, and, and asking him for that forgiveness and placing our faith in what he has done, our sins have been forgiven at that cross. They're gone. They have been dealt with. And oh, how grateful we ought to be for that salvation that he has given to us because at that very moment we have been saved from the judgment of our sins forever forever our place is sealed in heaven and we can rejoice in that and knowing that we have salvation knowing that he loves us and knowing that he's not going to forgive uh, forsake us and knowing that he has always forgiven us and so we know that, but can I tell you here that those who do not place their faith in Christ as their Savior, these false teachers who lead people astray all day long, there is coming a day when judgment will come. And oh, how we need to remember that, and how we need to, and it ought to compel us then to, to seek to uh, show others about the love of Christ and point them to the truth of the gospel they shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure isn't it sad to think that there are those who who consider it pleasure to live in an unrighteous way to riot in the daytime turn back to jeremiah if you would to jeremiah chapter 8 and, and i want you to look at it just a couple of verses here that this is what was going on in in israel and brought judgment upon them and it says in verse 9 of Jeremiah 8, verse 9 through 12, it says, The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed, dismayed and taken. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord. And what wisdom is in them? Therefore will I give their wives unto others and their fields to them that shall inherit them. For every one from the least even unto the greatest is given to covetousness. From the prophet even unto the priest, every one dealeth falsely. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. They didn't even blush uh, uh, about their false teaching. They didn't blush about their carnalistic ideas and living and, and their covetousness of the day. They didn't blush about any of that. Well, here we see that these false teachers were the same way, and they weren't going to blush either. And, and it tells us then that, that they riot in the daytime. And so what are they then? Spots they are. Whenever you think about a, a spot on your shirt, you have a stain or a 
a blemish and 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 so here they are a blemish and and blemishes then are defects that uh, they they are and where are they defective they're defective in their character they're defective in what they're saying they're marred and they're not enjoyable to be around and so they ride in the daytime there's spots they are blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings their own deceptions while they feast with you now he's given the warning they're right in among you. Now, I'm not saying that we need to walk around being paranoid about uh, those around us, but I think that, you know, the important thing is, is we all need to be transparent. Just be who you are. Isn't it a fresh a, a breath? Uh, it's a breath of fresh air when if you ever find someone that, that you can talk to and find out, they're just real. You know, they just, here they are, like it or not. You know, that's what I love about our church family. You know, here we are, all of our weirdnesses, and, and together we love God, and we'll take you where you are and help you to get where you need to be. And, and, and isn't it nice, the, the testimony we heard, that, that we can take people where they are, and we don't leave them where they were, but we help them get where they need to be. That's what God does. Done it for every one of us. And so here we see that they don't do that, and, and, and here they are, they're feasting with us, and Jude also tells us in verse 12, these are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. You see, there's just emptiness about that type of teaching and that type of living. And then it goes on even further and having eyes full of adultery. And, and here I find it interesting that word adultery is actually feminine and it has the idea of having eyes full for an adulteress. They're just looking for that relationship with someone else. They're, they're looking for that, that type of a lifestyle and seeking a woman out to have some type of an affair with or whatever, and, and we see that over and over and over. We see that in the lifestyles in our society. We see that in people in our churches. We see that in, in men in the pulpits. We, we see that everywhere that we go, and, and what a disappointment that is. And, and here it tells us that these false teachers, that that is one of the main motivations that they have for teaching the things that that they're doing, and, and not only having eyes full of adultery, but and that cannot cease from sin. You, you see, the thing that God shows us, he shows us that he truly is freedom. The, 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 the world wants you to think that whenever you trust Christ as your Savior, oh man, there's all these things you have to give up. You know, I, I never found that when, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, and then when I got serious about living for God, I didn't find that to be a sacrifice at all. Matter of fact, I found it to be a, a burden lifted. And, and I found that, that all of a sudden there was such a freedom in serving God and living according to His will and, and, and truly helped in so many ways. And, but, but here we see that their eyes are full of an, for an adulteress and they... They cannot cease from sin, and, and, and why is that? Because they're just showing their nature of who they are and 
unsaved nature that's never fulfilled and, and never going to be happy. And, and can I tell you that everything that this world offers you, none of that will ever bring you the satisfaction that you think it will. Never will. Oh, you might have some enjoyment at the, at the moment, but you'll see it will catch up with you. And so they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. I find it sad that one of the most famous preachers in the world, and, and in, especially in our country, that, that he makes the statement and made it famous, living your best life now. Can I tell you that if this is your best life, that's not a good thing. That as a matter of fact, for those of us who are believers, this is as bad as it gets. And how can say, thank you, Lord, amen to that? But so many want to think that God is all about making our life easy. Where in the world does it show us that in the Scripture that life will be easy? Where does it say that? People want to say, and I mentioned this this morning in, in our uh, connections class, people are always saying, well, if God is real, then why do all these bad things happen? Because it's a wicked world. God is good, and God offers the good things, but it's not of this world. It's all, it's eternal that he offers, and it's heavenly that he offers, and it's not anything of this world. And this world is going to offer you stress. This world is going to offer you grief. This world is going to offer you bitterness and anger and, and, and hatred and racism and, uh, I don't know, and, and, and animalistic behavior and uh, you know, how far will somebody go trying to find happiness? Well, whoever thought that we would see what we see in our world today, people pursuing these things, thinking that that's going to make them happy. It's not going to make you happy thinking that you need to change your gender into what God has made you. That isn't going to make you happy. You can shake your fist at God all day long, but when you get to heaven, you're going to be held accountable for who you were when God created you. And it's the way it is. And, 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 and I'm, look, I'm not against somebody that is struggling with that. I'm telling you, and I'm telling you that your reality is not going to make you happy. The only reality is going to be the truth of who God is and the truth of who you are. And you come to the point where you deal with God and get things right with Him. And you find that burden is relieved from you. And, and He truly gives you a freedom that you never had before telling you it's the only way and and here we have those that that are going to try to come in and subvert the teachings of the truth and and they're going to try to split churches wide open and and their entire motivation is is for adulterous uh, uh, relationships they're 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 unrighteous in their behavior and they're proud of their unrighteous behavior and they and they walk down the street parading it and and here they are trying to beguile, they're trying to entice those who are, who are unstable and weak in their faith. Well, let's guard against that. And let's teach the truth. How do you get from being unstable in your ways? Well, you read the Word of God. You, you read it with an open heart and an open mind, listening to what the Holy Spirit will teach you and asking God to give you wisdom in what the Word of God says. And 
trusting him and, and those who are trying to lead you down a path of, of worldliness and carnality and, and fleshliness, then you know that it isn't right and that isn't at all what, what you ought to have. I mean, we have a religion that, that has almost a billion followers that, that, that the promise of heaven is 72 virgins when you get to heaven. How in the world is that godly whatsoever? It's ungodly. It's a lie, and it's straight from the devil himself. It's carnal. It's fleshly. And there's nothing good about it whatsoever. And it doesn't matter whether people want to be offended by me saying that or not. It doesn't matter. That religion will send you to hell. And that's why they live like they're going to hell. And the hatred and the anger and the bitterness that is derived from that. And the anxiousness that it causes. Can I tell you that true, true conversion in trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, God gives you something that you could never have before. It's a godly, eternal, God-inspired love that only comes from God. And the world will never understand that. But we have that. And how we ought to display that. And yes, you know what? Sometimes I've made my children mad by confronting them with their behavior and saying, you're doing wrong, you need to get it right. There's nothing wrong with telling your kids that. There's nothing wrong with telling your family that. You have a family member that's involved in a cult. You ought to love them enough to say, look, you're involved in a cult. And you need to get out of that cult. And you need to trust Jesus and and you'll find that your life won't be perfect, but you'll have a peace that you can't explain. You need to get out of that and and you need to stop doing the things you're doing. And and, and if you're in some world religion that that all they're doing is teaching hatred and that everyone else must die that don't agree with you, then get out of that hatred that's there and, and get into something that shows you that that Jesus is peace and that Jesus is goodness and that Jesus is eternal life and that we can love whoever you are and take you where you are, but we're going to try to help you get where you need to be. When we have those that preach peace, peace, when there is no peace, then we know that it's false. And so they try to beguile these unstable souls and and then it goes on and and it tells us that A heart they have exercised with covetous practices. To exercise means that you discipline yourself. And so they have disciplined themselves with covetous practices. What what is covetous? Wanting something that you don't have. Yet you really want something that somebody else has. And so then your entire motivation then is to get what they have. You know what you find out? You get that, and then you're not really happy with what you have. Then you got to go further. Can I tell you something else, too? This is something that we, we, we all need to understand this, all right? Quit living your life thinking about what everybody else thinks about you. Can I tell you something that this might really hurt your reality, all right? Because in social media, we think that everybody is watching everything and and everybody knows about everybody else's business. Can I tell you that we live in such a narcissistic society today that most people don't even have time to look up from their phone because they are too enthralled in their own business 
and they're worried about everybody else thinking what's going on in their business, and everybody's just worried about their own business. Does that make any sense? Nobody really cares what's going on in your life. They only care about what's going on in theirs. So get over your life thinking that you've got to do everything to please everybody. Do everything to please God and leave it there. And just live that way. You'll find such a great peace with that. You ever talk to somebody about something going on in your life and you find out they didn't know anything about it? Uh, I had some, uh, there, there was a preacher, pastors a huge church in the country, and, and, and he put out this, this apology of something that he did that, that, that offended, I, I don't know, some people, and, and he puts out this apology on social media, and first thing that comes to my mind, first of all, sir, you think you have far more influence on the rest of America than you really have, okay? So your self-importance here is telling me that you really got a problem with that in the first place. Secondly, you don't owe me an apology, and here you are putting it on Facebook and apologizing to the world for what you've done. I honestly don't care. You know, and why I don't care is I know he's a good man, and I know he loves the Lord. I've seen it in his years of, of walking with God and pastoring churches and, and having a wonderful testimony. And, and, and so, yeah, did you do something that probably wasn't right? Yes. You know who you apologized to? Those that he offended. Who was that? The ones in his college and the ones in his church and leave it at that. If I offend you and as a church body and, and I really do something not headed, I'm not telling the world about it, but I'll apologize to you. I mean, and, and, but most of the time, people don't have any clue what's going on. And I would have never known what he had done if he didn't get on there and grovel in front of the whole world and thinking that, honestly, you, your self-importance is kind of making me gag. And so just get on with yourself and do what you need to do and get it right with your own people and then move on and quit worrying about it. But I'm telling you that these characters... They have exercised themselves with covetous practices. And they have trained themselves and disciplined themselves into getting all of these things that they want, and they'll run over anybody to get it. Well, you know what he calls them? Cursed children. What a sad day they're going to find. That in all of their greed and their insatiableness and trying to dominate people and do all of these things that all they are are accursed by God. You know, let us be godly individuals. Let's just tell people the truth. And yes, I, I need to work on maybe the, the presentation of that truth at times, but you know, sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes my wife just kind of has to grab you by the ears, you know, and look you in the eyes and say, this is what I'm telling you. Well, sometimes I think maybe we need, all need that, you know? Somebody needs to grab you by the ears and say, this is what the truth is, okay? Here it is. Let's do it. And it's not that we're mad or it's not that we hate you, but it's what we need. We need, you know, and, and just quit being offended over the truth and let's tell people the truth. Let's love them enough. And when we see somebody that is character, characterizing these aspects, well, let's beware of that, and let's call it out for what it is, and let's hold to the truth, earnestly contend for the faith. And so let's love God, let's love his word, and let's love people.
and let's tell them the truth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you that, Lord, you revealed the truth to me. Somebody loved you enough and loved your word enough that they shared that truth with me and I was able to come to that knowledge and saving power of Jesus Christ and thank you for saving me. Thank you for the testimony of many who are sitting in here today who know the very same thing. And Lord, we love you and we praise you. We pray that you will search the hearts of each one who's here today. Let us, Lord, love the truth. Let us stand according to it. Let us be honorable and faithful to what we know the truth to be. Lord, I pray that you will save those that need to be saved. I pray that you help all of us to live in a godly fashion. And so convict our hearts today if there are things that we have that is baggage that needs to disappear, that, Lord, we just lay them out today at that altar and give them over to you and walk out of here truly understanding the freedom that you give. And I pray that you help us to be a church family. Help us to love each other as you love us. Help us to be what we need to be to make an eternal difference in this community. Lord, we love you. We pray your blessings upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. 820, we're going to sing, God is so good. Let's just sing the whole song. He truly is good. If you need some counsel, please, you come. Have someone sit down with you quietly and privately and answer any questions you may have. If you need to come and pray by yourself, you are welcome to do so. Let's just make sure that there's something we need to deal with. Let's do so. Let's all stand as we sing, God is so good. God is so good, God. to see everyone out today. Don't forget, uh, tonight at 5, we'll be in Revelation chapter 9. We have our dinner on Tuesday night. Love for you to come and be a part of that. God bless you guys. Have a great day. You are dismissed.